Okay, I did it. After months of write-ups, physical preparation, pushing my training plan, configuring new gear, I got to run the West Virginia gun run this past weekend. And today I'm going to talk about how that went and some big important lessons learned for both me and for you when you go do one of these events in the future. So in the spirit of tactical skills for living a more adventurous life, welcome to the Everyday Marksman, the podcast where me, Matt Robertson, tells you how to live that more adventurous life. That's a really silly intro. Whatever, I'm rolling with it. Let's get onto it. Uh, important note on this one, our website's everydaymarksman.co. I have a very detailed show notes for this episode with lots of photography, stage breakdowns, and a lot of little nitpicky things that we're not going to go into in the podcast episode. I'll give you the big, the big rock summary of how things went, all right? So once again, that's everydaymarksman.co. Let's get to the retrospective of the West Virginia gun run. Now, this event ended up being a little bit different than I was expecting and even trained for. Now, there was 93 competitors. I finished number 31, so right at the edge of the top third. And generally, I'm pretty happy with that. Now, the score was 50% your run time and 50% your shooting score. My run time was actually number 13, but my shooting score was about middle of the pack. And We'll get to it, but one of my big takeaways here was don't skip a shooting stage. <laughs> I accidentally ran right past stage number three. from So I went from stage two to stage four. I skipped an entire stage, and that obviously cost me a lot of points. And unfortunately, I probably would have done really well on that stage, which sucks for me. But hey, there's a lesson learned in there, and we'll come back to that one. So what was different about the West Virginia gun run? When I talk to our community members and I've read a lot of after action reports of other tactical biathlons like this one, there is a very heavy strength component to these things. Climbing over walls, climbing up trees, going through tubes, dragging sandbags, all kinds of really physical challenges en route to your next stage or even during the stage. And it turns out at this West Virginia one, that wasn't the case. The course was about three miles long with six shooting stages, and the only real physical challenge you had to do, with two exceptions, was move quickly from stage to stage, about a half a mile on average between one stage to the next. And I really didn't have to wait long. I think I, I waited a total of two minutes, and that was only for one stage, and it's the one that I had accidentally skipped past to get to this one, so I arrived a little too early. Right, so, so this one was very much a move quickly under load kind of competition. Now, it's not always true. The Gun Run brand of things run by uh, a gentleman named Ellis, uh, awesome guy. Uh, when I look at photos of other events that he put on in other parts of the country, there is still those physical challenges like picking up cinder blocks over your head and dragging sandbags, which is this particular one in West Virginia was all about running. Now, one of the first things I observed of the other competitors when they showed up is that everybody had a different philosophy of what they were trying to do. On one end of the spectrum, you had the people who were absolutely there to win. Fantastic physical shape. They showed up wearing you know, shorts, trail running shoes, super minimalist elastic chest rigs with a very minimum ammo count. There was only f the, the official ammo count was 40 rifle, 35 pistol, and they, they carried just over that. And they finished in about... 42, 43 minutes, very, very quick. On the other end of things, you had people closer to what I was doing where you showed up wearing a full Minuteman style or tactical getup. I had a full LBE harness with 140 rounds of rifle ammo, 60 rounds of pistol ammo, water, first aid, admin, admin items, you know, the whole getup. And I finished in 47 minutes. Uh, other people were wearing helmets and plate carriers, all kinds of stuff. So you see there's a little difference of lot difference in philosophy there. 
Now I respect that because um, the whole point to this is you're running your own race. This isn't this isn't PRS or USPSA where there's a big prize table at the end and people want to compete for sponsorships and things like that. Like that's not the case here. This is really a training event and it's a chance for you to shake out your gear and see what works and what doesn't. And I have a couple of notes on how that gear worked out. So let's get to the retrospective here. Uh, I'm going to go through my big rocks and sustains and improves. The little rocks, I'll leave that for you know actually reading the show notes. Once again, everydaymarksman.co. The big rocks represent the most impactful lessons that would provide direct improvements for the next go around. All right, so I'm going to talk about the sustains, the things that I think went well and I need to keep doing. And then I'll talk about the improves, the things that really cost me that would have a lot of benefit you know, if I had fixed those in the future. So right off the bat, let's get to the sustains. Number one was rifle marksmanship. You know, this was not an issue for me whatsoever whenever I employed it. And oh, three stages were rifle stages. Three stages were pistol stages. I only ran two of the rifle stages because, again, I skipped a stage. Uh, and on both of those, I finished really well, like number 12 and number 13 out of the entire pack. And, you know, None of the complicated stuff that I was practicing actually happened. There was no weak side shooting. I didn't have to do anything off of barriers. It was really straightforward. There's targets at 200 yards. You need to hit three shots on each piece of steel. Uh, and that was you know pretty easy from the prone. Other people really struggled with that. So I think it just goes to do your practice. Number two that I think went really well for me was both my two-handed pistol shooting and my weak-handed pistol shooting. So in general, my pistol was okay, um, but there were a few hiccups. One of them, probably the biggest one, being just unfamiliar equipment, which I'll talk about under the improves. Uh, but also, I just didn't practice very much for long-range pistol shots. Stage five involved a 40 or 50-yard steel plate, and you had 15 seconds to make eight hits. So it's a modified Dickens drill. And I made six shots, <laughs> and, and then I ran out of time. Um, about half the people who shot this one didn't succeed at that. So I wasn't the only one. Uh, but that was something I just didn't practice very much. Uh, something else that went really well for me was the recovery ability. So owing to this whole physical training plan that I put together, uh, I was really, really good at going through a stretch of running and then having all my heart rate and respiration all calm down before I actually had to shoot the stage. Like during the stage brief, I was settling down to ready to shoot again. So that went really well. And that was very much a factor of the entire physical training plan that I did with all the sprint work and kettlebell work and a very short rest period. So that went really well. Also, what went mostly well was how I had my gear set up. Now, if you haven't followed the website, I put together a particular, I call it general purpose patrol harness, uh, run and gun rig that is built on a full load bearing harness with a speed reload rifle, two double mag rifles, double pistol mag holster, and then a couple admin pouches and first aid and water. Uh, it did really well with, with the one exception that where the pistol ammo was located, which is right on my front left, so like right next to my left side of my belly button there, where the, the buckle was, when I have the rifle hanging off my shoulder, the sling passed right over those mag pouches, which made reloading a little bit awkward. Um, but I think that's true of all of my load-bearing kits because it's just where that sling is going to fall. The only solution to this one is to lower where the ammo is located, like down on the actual pants belt line, which might may or may not have worked, something I experiment with in the future, but that was a note that I took away. So let's talk about what I could improve upon here. Um, number one is a packing checklist, and this is probably the most embarrassing part of how the day went for me on top of missing a, missing a shooting stage altogether. 
you know, it hurts me to say it, but I made the ultimate rookie mistake. I got all of my gear together the night before, had it packed up in, in my basement, ready to get, just get tossed in the car at 5.45 in the morning before I hit the road. And in my rush to pack all the stuff in the car, I forgot to grab my pistol case. It was off about side about five feet away from my rifles, not in the same pile. So I rushed, I packed everything in the back of the car. I was like, okay, good to go. I arrive an hour and a half later in West Virginia and realize I don't have a pistol. <laughs> Which which is kind of a problem when half the stages are pistol stages. So huge shout out to a great human named Eric who heard my plight as I was talking to Ellis, the mass director, and loaned me his CZ SP01 tactical and holster for my race. He was running the afternoon. I was running in the morning. So he just said, here we go. Go ahead and run it. Um, and there we go. So I had a pistol that was one that I did. I have never shot before. You know, I've never shot an SP01. Uh, much less one tailored for somebody else. Just lucky for me, I'm familiar enough with CZ75 controls because I carry a PCR that it mostly worked out. So, you know, my my fix for this this improvement in the future is have a packing checklist. <laughs> Do not leave the house till I run down my packing checklist and make sure I actually have all of my stuff. I know this is something that people do, even experienced people. You get complacent, you you forget things. Um, one of our key members I told this to, he said, yeah, he went to a USPSA match and totally forgot his ammo. Kind of a problem. Luckily, gun people are awesome and they'll help you out. Someone loaned him ammo. He paid them back later on. Just like somebody loaned me a pistol, I'm giving them a shout out now. So thank you, Eric. You're awesome. Something else that I needed to probably work on a little bit more was my strong hand only pistol shooting. For whatever reason, my weak hand went pretty well, but my strong hand did not. And I could chalk this up to shooting an unfamiliar pistol, but the reality of it, I was struggling with this even for the weeks leading up to the match using my own pistols and, you know, laser and Mantis Laser Academy. Just for whatever reason, I just kept pulling shots to the right, even in single action mode, and I didn't get that worked out before the match. So there we go. Something I need to work on. Next thing uh, that I think would help me out a little bit more here was loaded running. So even though my physical training plan contained a lot of cardio and a lot of sprint sessions and high intensity sessions uh i didn't train specific enough to how this event actually went down so i'm admittedly not a very fast runner to begin with but i did build plenty of it into the training plan to make sure i was adequate so that was unloaded running i also had rucking sessions in the training plan but they were all very long they were six miles long with interspersed push-ups and burpees and i never ran with the ruck just because i was trying to take care of my joints but looking backwards, I think a better training method would have been short stretches of loaded running, like a quarter mile to a half mile at a time with my ruck, and then doing a little bit of PT, like some kettlebell swings, and then doing dry fire, because that's actually how the event went down. You'd run for a quarter mile to a half mile with all of your equipment on you. You get to stop. You take a little bit, like a minute to have them explain the stage to you. You shoot the stage and then you continue running to the next stage. So you get a short break every quarter mile to a half mile. So I think that's the way to train for this in the future is just do that for a total distance. So if you have done the uh, train with me, everydaymarksman.co forward slash train with me, I've already updated the training plan on the ruck days to have it run that way. So you'll see that in the messages there. Now, last one, also a bigger thing here was just don't get lost. Uh, you know, I have an idea how it happened, but I, I just ran completely past stage three. I actually ran past two stages. Uh, I ran clear past stage one as well, 
uh, because I was following somebody else trying to figure out where they were going. And then they arrived at stage two and I realized, oh no, I ran past stage one, had to turn around and go back and, and shot stage one pretty well, actually. Um, stage three, I just totally missed. And I think the reason for this was after stage two, there was no more trails to follow. We exited the stage, you went down a grassy hill and now you were in the woods. And this had been raining all day on Friday, raining all morning on Saturday, the day of the event. So everything was wet. There was just dead leaves all over the ground. There was mud. There was wet logs. Uh, so as I was going down the hill from stage two, I ended up slipping, bashing my knee pretty good, and then ripping a hole in my pants. Uh, and from that point on, I was very focused on the ground. So that's point number one. The next thing was the only way you knew where to go in the woods was these pink flags tied to trees every once in a while. But the flags were not close together. You know, you would see one and then the next one might be 20, 30, 40 yards away. So you had to stop and look for the next flag every time you got to one because it wasn't always in front of you. It might be off to the left or up a hill or something. And I think there's a good chance that I got to one flag and I was stopped, was looking at the ground put my head up and saw one that was further away and ran to that one. But unfortunately, that one was leading to stage four. So I think uh, they fixed this after I ran the course. They make it a little bit more obvious where it's supposed to go, but oh, well, it doesn't help me. No big deal. Noted for the future. Now, a couple other of the little items here that I think were were of note was I definitely took way too much rifle ammo with me. I, I knew that going in. The, the round count was 40 rounds. I took 140. You know, I used two, I used a portion of two magazines for the entire run for me. Now, granted, I skipped a whole stage. Let's assume I would have used a third mag there. I still packed more more ammo than I actually needed. That was extra weight. Now, it didn't hurt me that much, but something to note. Um, something that was actually a really cool stage was on stage one, where you had to sprint forward to a door, shoot a target onto the right side of the door, shoot a target left side of the door, grab a dummy, weighed about 30 pounds, run back to your start point, and then you had to apply a tourniquet one-handed to your strong arm, then draw your pistol and fire two more hits with your weak hand only. So that was a fun stage. Uh, again, I did pretty well because I practiced this medical stuff, and a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people actually struggle to get the tourniquet on their arm you know, in within the time limit. Now, every stage had a 90-second part time, except for two it's in the show notes. I'm not going to worry about it here. But that did burn a lot of people. They just they couldn't figure out the tourniquet. Um, the other thing that got me, again, back to the don't get lost piece of it, is after I shot stage six, once again, I didn't follow the flags correctly. I misheard the directions. And I popped out of the woods about 100 yards too early and couldn't figure out where to go next. So I ended up running in the wrong direction came across another stage that I thought might have been my last stage because, again, I skipped a stage, and then talked to the ROs, realized it was stage two that I had already shot, and they directed me back where to go, and then I got to finish the race. So overall, it was a good good learning experience. I had a lot of great notes. It was a great time, and I definitely suggest you do something like this in the future. It's just a fantastic test of your gear, and as I talked to Ellis, the master director, who does these all over the country, at least in the eastern part of the country, this is one of the best ways for, for everyday people or even military members in law enforcement who don't get the chance to do this very often to test out your gear, to test your skills. How well does your shooting do, your fitness do, and your equipment do all coming together? And this is just the core philosophy of the everyday marksman. So this very well might be my favorite kind of shooting match to do. 
and I hope they gain more popularity all over the country. So that's it. This was a short episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for listening. Come by the website, everydaymarksman.co. Look at the show notes, and I'll catch you next week. I've had a great interview that I've been sitting on, and we're going to publish it. So take care of yourself, and I'll see you next time.